You are listening to Personal Branding Exposed with Megan McNeil. Each episode, we'll explore different areas of personal branding and how you can build, maintain, and leverage off your own personal brand. Here's your host, Megan. Hey everyone, welcome to Personal Branding Exposed. And today I've got my really good friend, Daniel Nazimi, with me today. And I've just gone and done it wrong again, Daniel, even after we just spoke about it. We spoke about this, but now it's all right. Daniel Nazima. Well, that's what I was saying to Daniel before we started. Like, I've known him for years, but I've never used his surname. So I've just was like, how do I say this? And normally I get, yeah, I get away with it because of my accent. People are like, she probably meant that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I suppose you you knew me as Daniel from Mate and Oz. Yeah, that's pretty much how I knew you, um, no. which is why there's a great feature on LinkedIn where you can do your name pronunciation, which I think is a really good one. <laughs> oh, for real, right? Yeah, oh. you just record it. You've got 10 seconds. You just record who you are, and you can also say what you do because you've got 10 seconds, which is pretty cool. Oh, I'm learning things, man. This this personal branding. I've, I've been exposed to my personal branding. <laughs> anyway, we're here to expose your personal brand and talk about you today. So Daniel has got his own company called Mate and Oz. He started yeah. as an international student here in Australia. That's where his journey started. And we're just going to dig into that and find out more about what Mate and Oz is, why he started it, what his journey has mm-hmm. been like. So Daniel, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Uh, thank, thank you for allowing me to join your platform. I'm, I'm really good at the moment. Yeah, it's been a tough year, but you know, so good to be on the other side of it and looking at the uh, positive things that's coming up. Definitely. And you're right. It has been a tough year. And for for us here in Western Australia, for the most part, we've been pretty safe. Things have been business as usual. But that's not the story across all industries. And Daniel no. will tell you a bit more about what he does. And he's in the international student space and international, international education space. And really, it's not as pleasant as it is for some of us who don't have those kind of issues. So Daniel, tell us a little bit about what the year has been like for you and your people. Yeah, the the past year was was very challenging because um, a a huge part of what we do as an organization is is international student support. Um, But we do it in in phases, right? So we've got, we're we're used to doing it for a certain number of people. I, I had a I had a cohort, uh, well, a, a team of a certain number, and uh, and we also did the international student transport. So my team was 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 set was put together to look after. Well, business as usual for for three or four years was a certain number. So we kind of had an idea of what we were doing in terms of student support, and then we we transitioned into doing a lot of the transport which is doing thousands of students coming into Perth. We pick them up from the airport. So beginning of the year, last year, we we were like, okay, we're ready. We did the planning in December. We we had a whole team building exercise planning for for 2020. Um, It was going to be our best year ever. Uh, And, you know, it started off pretty good. We were ready. And then just February. See, I was caught unaware, right? So I knew late January, early February that that um, that these uh, the pandemic had had hit. So we'd already started doing the airport pickups. But then mid Jan, all the airport pickups from China uh, and, and and several other countries 
just started to be they were cancelling the bookings right so because all the students booked in our app before they came in so we just started seeing one cancellation after another and then we also had vip transfers that we had that got cancelled and then the study tours that we were going to do that got cancelled too so it caught me so off guard that um you know all of a sudden and then the other side of the student support went up all of a sudden the thousands of students we we help all needed help yeah so we where we we picked up on we were supposed to do about 2000 airport pickups in between january and february we'd i picked up on the number of drivers and reduced on the number of student support officers so I didn't need the drivers anymore. And all of a sudden I needed the student support officers. Well, I didn't need as many drivers because what we did was we we actually transitioned into doing uh, food drops. Yep. So for a lot of the time in the pandemic, we were doing, you know, we were delivering food to affected international students. So we now, did that. Interject yeah. yours because Daniel's service is actually free for international students. So when mm. he's talking about these um, pickups, it was for students who were arriving here. This is their English is their second, maybe third language. It's the first yeah. time they'd maybe come to Australia. They didn't know anyone here. Daniel and his team were the first people that they were actually having contact with. They were taking them to their accommodation. Some of them, you had people that were sometimes arriving that hadn't quite thought about where they were going to stay oh, yeah. when they got off the plane. <laughs> they, they might have had accommodation for the one day or some of them have not even thought about where they're going to stay when, when when we pick them up they're like so where's a good place to drop me off because when they book it in the app they have let's say they go in a curtain they have curtain university on there but they haven't booked curtain accommodation yeah then you know then they, they i'm like okay so where are we dropping you a curtain they're like, well, I don't know. Front door? <laughs> I haven't thought that far. It's like, can you recommend a place for me to go and stay? I'm like, right now at 2 a.m.? It's like, that's... <laughs> yeah. So, lucky we, you know, we had some contacts at the uh, the student accommodation places in, in the city, but also I knew some people around Curtin University because we caught, we'd been caught once in the first go around, in terms of drivers not knowing what to do with this guy. So, yep. so we figured, okay, we've got to get ready. And that's part of the planning meetings that we'd have in December is looking at all the different possibilities. Uh, if somebody turns up, didn't book before, and then just books at the airport when he's arrived, right? So then we yep. get the booking and he's all of a sudden he's added to the schedule. We're like, what's going on here? So we we obviously have to have a contingency plan for that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's a massive gap that Daniel and his team at Mate and Oz have been playing because it's not it's not funded. Well, you're um, it's not funded by the actual individuals, by the students. It's trying to help that experience. You know, if you've just arrived in a new country, it's difficult yeah. enough as it is. So there's that easing in process. Now, the support services, and I'm not surprised that that went through the roof for you this year because, you know, a lot of um, students are stranded here. Um, you know, yeah. Perhaps at the beginning you could get home, but it's the same as me. I can't get home and I can't get my parents here either. And we yeah. are a little bit trapped. And if you do leave, how can you get back in, et cetera? So it's, it's quite isolating. So I can only imagine what, yeah. what kind of services in particular have you seen 
of those student services have gone through the roof in the last year? Yeah, so you've got to look at it from this perspective as well, right? So for, for everyone that's stuck here that is a resident, for instance, they were eligible for job keeper or job seeker. And that kept them going. But for the international students, when everything shut down, they had no jobs, right? And then for a lot of the schools, they were looking at uh, a reduction in income, right? So they were looking at where can we cut costs because we're not going to be getting any students coming in now. So a lot of the student support stuff where they were like, well, not so sure about this. Let's negotiate on this. But meanwhile, for us, you know, if we before, you know, we we looked after 200 students on a on a constant basis. This time we were looking at looking after 800 students on a constant basis, right? So now the the drivers that were supposed to be doing all the airport pickups were now doing food drops. Yeah. Now in those moments, obviously they need it's a security thing right so there's a panic you've lost your job you've got a little bit of money but you don't know how long this is going to last so then what are you going to do you're you're you start to panic everything's happening the pandemic's happening in your home country as well so there's no jobs and there's no job security or job keeper or job seeker in those countries so there's no there's not a lot of money that's going around, you know, they 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 make money on a day-to-day -day basis. So it was it was very tough for them, uh, worrying about family, worried about themselves, uh, depending on what nationality they were, they experiencing a little bit of discrimination. Mm. Uh, you know, the ones that did come in a bit later were having were being discriminated against in terms of they might have COVID. Right. So, yeah, there was a whole lot, a whole host of of issues that were going on in those moments. So, no, no money for food. You know, landlords threatening to kick them out of their accommodation. Um, you know, wellness issues. People depressed, obviously from 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 isolation. That that became a big thing. So the longer it got that we had to stay home and they weren't working and it was just a bit crazy out there, they, you know, the isolation got to them. Perth is isolated enough, you know, but then now there's not, not so much human contact. It was, it, was, it was crazy. But also think about these students living in student accommodation places where there's, you can, it's easy to look after yourself because you're not doing anything, but if somebody is not adhering to the to the rules is making everybody in the house acceptable right yeah so there's a whole lot of panic going on in there so we'd get the phone calls oh i don't know where my housemate has gone and i am worried what if he comes back and he's got it and it, so it it was insane but you know oh, i can only imagine yeah, yeah yeah we got through it uh i don't know how we did but we did and uh you know we helped as many people as we could we were doing because you adapt, and Daniel, that's just what you yeah. do naturally. Like I, I see you with students all the time. Um, like so, the how Daniel and I met originally was when I was at Study Perth a couple of years ago, and mm. kids 
flock to Daniel because you are you're empathetic. You're not you're not you'll feel sorry for them. You've been in their shoes, and we will talk about that briefly um, next. But well, not briefly because that's actually the really important part of your story. Is you've been there, you understand what they're going through, and you help them through the other side. Are you a bit crazy and do some mad things at times? Hundred percent. But my God, do the love it and do you get results for them? So yeah. yeah. I think the, the whole part of it is, you know, I'm trying to create a world that I would have loved when yeah. I was here as a student, right? So I went through everything that could go wrong for me went wrong. And and even though I'm laughing at the students to get to the airport and didn't organize a conversation, I was that guy, right? I went to Notre Dame and I said to the student services, where can I find the house? And they looked at me like, what? I had my bags with me. And so like, like have you been kicked out of your place? And like, nah, I just arrived, right? So my taxi took me to Notre Dame Uni from the airport, right? Not to mention, I didn't know that there was no bus or train going to Fremantle from the airport. So yes. I was public transport, Public transport in Perth are not things that you often hear hand in hand. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you never hear about any of that. But it's it's convenient around the city and, and the suburbs, but it's like from, from an airport, for instance. Um, it was only a year ago I realized there was a bus going from the airport to, to the city. But not even, Daniel, because, you know, around the city, yes, we've got some great infrastructure around the actual city, but mm. I live 50 minutes away from the city if I was to drive, but it takes me 50 minutes on a bus take that long for someone this close to the city to get into the CBD. It should yeah. be more convenient for me to jump on the bus than it is to take my car and park and, you know, cause congestion, etc. And the airport's the same. It has got better in the last couple of years. But I remember when I first arrived as well, like I got picked up, thankfully, because otherwise it's you either get an Uber, or a taxi, or you hopefully get one of the buses that's going somewhere near where you're going. Yeah, Megan, I, I, I came into the country. I don't know how they let me in. I had $200, right? So <laughs> I wasn't ready for a lot of stuff, right? I paid $70 for the taxi. And 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 what what I had left was to pay for accommodation. Right? So when I got to Fremantle, I had a look on the board and I thought, okay, so I have $130 left. I've now got to find accommodation. I went in, the, they, they sent me to the, like the, the common room. So I went in there and there was some little stickers on the board. So uh, I had a look at the accommodation that was there. It was a room, it was $80 a week. So I was like, yep, that's me right there, right? So I took the number, I you know, I took the number, I gave them a call, I said, I need accommodation now. They're like, come over, let's have a call. I got there, liked the room. Well, I, I didn't really like, like the room. I It was okay, but I needed accommodation. I needed to go to sleep, right? Yeah. So take it, right? <laughs> I took it. Well, in my head, I took it. So I said to the guy, okay, look, this looks good. I left my bags in there. So it says, okay, so what do we got to do now? I said, you said it was $80 a week. He said, yeah, $80 a week. I said, great. I reached into my wallet and he was like, oh, it's two weeks rent and four weeks bond. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I wasn't even ready for that. Nobody told me that that's, that's how you got to do it over here, right? So I was like, oh, man. I've only got $80 here that I'm ready to spend. I need to have at least a little bit of money. So, of course, I forgot his name. Lovely guy. 
But I said to him, look, I've only got the $80 I could give you now. But I'm expecting some money from my family. Once that comes in, I'll pay you, I'll, I'll pay you the rest. And he let me stay. You were so lucky. Must have been I that know. charm. It's that charm, yeah. Daniel. I know what I'm saying. And that's been my luck ever since. You know, I think, I think I'm, look, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty privileged to be doing what I'm doing uh, because it, it, it only, I only use my personality and, and uh, my experience to do my job. Yeah. Which for me is, is, is easy to do. So I'm, I'm always happy to see the impact that those two things can cause in somebody else's life. It's usually a positive impact. So I, I, I appreciate the fact that I've gone through all of this stuff because that's what I use. So I, I haven't been through all of that. I mean, when I was at uni, my food budget, believe it or not, was $8 a week. That's a lot of super noodles. Yeah, that, that's pretty much what it was. <laughs> right? So if Coles pretty much saved my life. Now, Coles, I think you should sponsor me now because I've been talking about you guys for about 20 years, right? Right? I've been I've been pushing the Coles brand. But look, it what the basic thing was I had, you know, the noodles were 40 cents then. So I would buy seven packs. That was my dinner. Then I bought rice and bread with butter and milk, right? Always had sugar. So my breakfast was milk. Uh, rice and milk with some butter, right? Yep. So uh, that was my breakfast. My lunch was bread and butter. So that's what I took to, to, to uni. And then my dinner was the noodles, right? Needless to say, uh, I was malnourished, but it was the fittest I ever was. Yes. <laughs> I had no idea, but that's a, you know I was fitting into Australian society really well because I was I was well cut. Well, I remember the uni diet as well, and it used to when I would go home because um, I was studying in my home country, and um, yeah, I would be you know, filling my bags from the cupboards when I would go yeah. home. And yeah, that's that's awesome though when you have that that when you're when you're at home. It's it, and that's the yeah. thing, right? So just to go back to your point about the public transport, right? As a migrant, what you were saying about how long it takes you to get from point A to point B, that for them would be a first world problem, right? Yeah. Because the bus is timed, right? You know exactly, you can get on the bus, you know exactly how long it will take you to get where you're going. So from that perspective, no, I don't think very many other countries that are not the UK or one of these developed nations that have timed bus services, right? Mm. So it's it's one of those things that they come here and they they can recognize, okay, this is this is different. Because you over where they live, you've got to stand in the side of the road and hope a bus pops by. And if you're not careful, they'll go past you. Or it's just it's commotion, right? Yeah. So that part there they don't they don't mind much. But it's the fact that you've got to get from the airport which a lot of people are trying to save money from the moment they get here, mm -hmm. right? They're not trying to spend money before they know exactly how much co how much everything costs. And some of them come with limited limited amount of money, unless you're Asian. 
then 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 you're getting caught for having too much money in the airport. Then. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, because I think most people who are listening who have been a student at some point can totally relate to the super noodles or the two minute noodles, whatever it is that you, you, I mean, it was, you know, it was tight money wise um, for food and stuff. And, you know, we were much younger, probably spent that excess money on things that we probably didn't need, like nights out, etc. You know, that's just being a student being young etc that's mm. fine but you've got an added layer when you come over to a, a country as an international student especially things like the language barrier the cultural differences oh. you know you and I at least when we came over here English is a language mm. that we've used since we're children um yeah. I know you've got a, a completely different cultural background to what I have um mm. and you know we're, everyone's different it's brilliant that's what makes it unique yeah. but it makes our experiences completely different. I came over here speaking English and had a fairly easy time because I fitted in really easily. And yeah. so again, it was fairly easy for me and I'm really aware of that, but I know, and you know, from working from my, for Study Perth, the amount of amazing students that I was coming across who just couldn't get jobs, couldn't get opportunities, were really struggling to make friends or really struggling to fit in in classes, you know, even knowing where to shop, public transport, all these things didn't matter whether they had money or not, because some of them have plenty of money, that money isn't actually yeah, the issue. That doesn't talk. You know what I've realized over the period is that the people with money and the people without money have 90% of the same problems when they come here, right? The one, the only problem they don't, they don't, they don't share is, you know, being tight for money, right? But everything else, they've all got to make friends. They've all got to, you know, find, well, not a job, but something to keep, to occupy their time. Hobbies, anything. Yeah, they got to do stuff. Familiar, yeah. Other people and, and and hobbies and all kinds. So it's so hard because, and this when we do our podcast, which is voice, it, it actually it's meant to highlight the fact for for migrants is that it doesn't matter where you've come from. We all underlying. We all have the same underlying culture, right? So we had somebody on from Romania, and when she was explaining exactly how she grew up, she was explaining how she grew up sounded exactly like a Zambian child. Yeah. Right. So the, the, when you come from a place with a strong culture, we it, it's the same across the board. So the struggles are real for everyone, right? That's coming into into Australia, and they have to realize that the the culture that you have is the exact opposite here. Yeah. Total opposite. Which which for me, it took me 10 years to realize. But once I realized that, then it made my life very much easier. Because now I know that, let's just say from a, from a personal branding perspective, and let's talk from a CV perspective, you're not allowed to be boastful in your CV everywhere else. And when I say boastful, it means saying, I did this and I did that and I did that. But that's exactly what your CV here needs to be like. It needs to say exactly what you as an individual are capable of. If you're talking about we did this, which is what you have to do in in, in CVs from overseas, 
is that once you bring that here, they're like, yeah, but what did you do? Over there, you can't use the CV from there over there because they're like, oh, who do you think you are, right? You didn't do this by yourself. It's more, it's more team there and here, it's all I, right? And it's the same for pretty much everything. Yeah, that and I yeah, and I think every country probably has differences there. Um, you know, even from some CVs, if I got a CV here when someone had their picture on it, I'd be like, "Why is your picture on here?" Yeah, I know that that's common practice in some countries. You know, that's some some yeah. yeah, some countries ten pages is acceptable, whereas here they're like, "I want ten words." <laughs> yeah, nobody wants, to, nobody wants to read any of that stuff. Yet. Yeah. Thousand resumes. How are you going to read ten pages each? You're going to read ten thousand pages. Yeah. And I think that that's why your personal brand is so important. And it's, you know, everyone has one and it doesn't have to be big and flashy. It's not about being internet famous. It's not about being a Kardashian. It's literally no. about being known by the right people. And it's it's hard. Like it's, it's hard to pop your head up at the best of times. But, mm. you know, we've got all these other barriers. It's extremely hard. I did um, with um, I did a workshop on personal branding with some of their international students, and it was great. I like I got so much from it, and so many questions from yeah, them. Yeah, that, yeah, that I just don't get from. You know, I I predominantly work with business people. They're wanting to build their personal brand to be able to have an impact and something that they're really passionate about. Um, whereas this was the other side of the coin, where these were people that were just like, I just want a job, like, or I just want. Yeah you know, a bit of recognition for some of what I'm doing. Yeah. If you have a look, a, a lot of them were engineers and stuff where they came from. Now, that yeah. the, the, the corporate culture in other countries is also one of executive fear. Over here, it's all about collaboration and, and, and feelings, and it's relational. Yeah. Right? It's how you get along with your workmates and how you, you know, how you get along with your boss, go out for Friday night drinks with them and do all that, that stuff. So, but if you come from a, a country where your workplace was just executive fear, right? You fear the boss, whatever he says goes, uh, and you don't really make eye contact with him, you're not doing that. That's the culture you've grown up in and you've worked in. Once you come here, it's the total opposite. All of a sudden, you have to call your boss by his first name. You've never had to do that. You've been calling everybody older than you, including your boss, Mr. Such and Such. Now, he's like, just call me Paul. So who's Paul? <laughs> I was like, I can't do that, right? I was whooped as a kid for calling an adult by a first name. Now I have to switch everything I know to start, to start doing this. And that's usually a lot of people pull away because that's too much too far out of their comfort zone yeah and then and then what happens is they get branded socially awkward at work right so i never thought about that but i, I do remember you talking about this years ago um yeah the mister thing and yeah i can understand how that would make things awkward at work because you're just you're not acting like everyone else and people like the familiar <laughs> Exactly. And that's why, I mean, this would be a little bit controversial, but I don't think Perth is multicultural at all. Hmm. Because they don't take that into account when they have somebody from a different country. They don't look at what that person was used to and what this new environment is like and then try and transition them into it. 
They just expect you to behave and to know exactly what to do in every situation. And if you don't, they're like, uh, okay. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. like I can see that as a as a whole, like uh, Perth isn't particularly um, maybe ac accepting, diverse, etc. But I know a few individuals that have businesses. One of my my best clients, one of my favorite clients, he has a very multicultural um, business. He has mm -hmm. eighty employees. They're very diverse. He's all about diversity. He's actually from uh, another country himself, so it's um, yeah. You know those guys, those migrants don't count. Yeah, but he's but he's a big deal in the business community here. So he has influence. And I think that he understands everything that goes down, how you're supposed to, you know, he, he has his own culture as well, probably. And he understands people have to do what they have to do. But yeah, but I think the fact is that they're they're out there and I think that more and more people like him um are starting to kind of rise up and kind of go, hold on, diversity is really important because there's a lot of businesses that they're all about diversity and um, you know um, and making sure that they're eco-friendly. It's all about ticking boxes, and that's yeah. all it really is. Whereas we need more people like him who are actually going hold on we need to actually walk the talk we don't just tick boxes this is not just a mm -hmm. we say so that our mission can say we're diverse and that we're all about gender equality and that we use eco-friendly products like yeah okay we can all say that we're doing our best and we recycle or you know whatever the whatever the green line is that you've got in your business but yeah. we need more people like him who are you know making it happen i agree and uh, you know I'm a I'm 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 a small deal, but that's no, you're that's not. no no no. <laughs> I am, but that's how I that's how I operate because I only I only employ international students, and they come from everywhere, right? So they they're Chinese and South American and different countries in Africa or whatever, and 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 I understand exactly what they've come from. So as part part of my their experience working with us is I coach them in how to go to the wider community. For me, success is not them staying with me for 10 years. It's for them realizing their dreams. So you've got to then, for me, transition into bigger things. Well, I would disagree that you're small deal, uh, to be honest, Daniel, because, you know, you were saying that previously it maybe be 200 students that you would deal with. Now it's about 800 students. But those are touch points that you've got with students who otherwise get completely forgotten, disappear back home, don't contribute to the community here. So they're a lost resource in terms of not just a lost resources, um, I don't think of people as resources that, you know, put them to work, but a lost resource yeah. in terms of building a multicultural com um, community um, making us all a little bit more aware um, yeah, 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 yeah. Rich richness in these international students and I know that because I have so many international student friends still from my time at Study Perth and I just yeah. I mean I get really kind of riled up at the fact that they miss out on opportunities like I have a really good friend I'm a married couple from Iran and um he is an engineer, fantastic engineer, and mm. he had to change his name on C his CV because people just weren't giving him interviews. As soon as he changed it to Joe, like a really you know boring name, he was getting interviews because the CV is good. The actual stuff on it's good, but we're yeah. not getting 
past that because of the the name at the top and I think that working with people like you you think you're small fry but you're actually the conduit that actually gets these people into the workplace gets them doing their hobbies gets them actually integrating into the community and adding a richness to it and keeping them here how many people without support they just disappear we lose so many great people because it's just too hard for them to stay yeah i was exercising a bit of modesty by the way i i i think i'm the the biggest deal in student support but good (laughs) on that side yeah but uh you know i agree with you it's it's a lot and and for me when we started this I, i remember being excited to be helping because the first year i did my business i did it totally for free right this time the institutions pay us to help their students right and so they should because there's a hole there there's a gap there's a big big gap but but before you know i quit my job and i was working i remember i was working at the time uh i won't say where but you know and and it was time to renew my contract and there had been some some bit of stuff i didn't like in it when it came to to when it came time so i said look i'm not going to renew my contract and my boss at the time looked at me like i was crazy was like what do you mean it's like we're giving you the money you asked for we're giving you the time you asked for but you've just got to go through this one extra process so i said now i'm not willing to do that because right? i didn't trust that 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 was going to be legitimate so anyway i decided not to and I took all the money I had and I started this business. Now, not knowing how to put a business, you know, how to get ahead in business. I knew I wanted to have a business, but I didn't know what I had to do in Perth to get that business all the way going. So I did what everybody thinks they should do. Did a lot of cold calling, right? I called all the unis. I checked on the student support numbers and all that. I called them and nobody was positive nobody wanted any kind of help from me nothing right because i was speaking to the wrong people basically right so anytime i spoke to somebody at student support they thought well if we connect this person he does student support we do student support if his company starts doing that they won't need us here anymore so they're protecting their jobs right not knowing that we what we do is totally different to what they do so it was that whole setup, I did the whole year, I just went out and did it for free. So we put out the call to all students and say, if you need help, come and see us. And they came in droves and all the little money I'd saved up was depleted paying rent and doing this and doing that. And and then I had periods of when I had to go back to my $8 a week again. But because I'd had that experience, it was okay for me and I was realizing a dream that I that I wanted to do. So, you know, you know, I always say I'm living the dream. It's because this is what I wanted to do. You know, even in those moments when it was tough, I was still helping the students. I even remember going to coffee meetings at that time with no money at all. Right? I'd still organize the meeting. I'd go, but I had no money. But so I just I just say I just come from a meeting before I just had a coffee. So I'm not gonna. If they ask me if uh, you gonna get something, I'm like, no, I'm good. I'll just have some water. Uh, I uh, I had a coffee at my other meeting. I can't keep. But so that's how I got by. But that was the the drive and the persistence that I had. 
It's only when I discovered networking that I actually, that's when I got integrated into international education. But before that, I didn't know that that was the key. So it took me like six, seven months of just cold calling, emailing, trying to catch up with people and nothing. And as soon as I started networking, within the first month, I had a contract and then I had another contract and another contract and it just kept going from there. So it was, uh, but that's another gem that I, that I give the students now is that it doesn't matter how great your idea is or what you, or where you want to work. The best way for you to get forward is to, or get your dream realized is to start networking. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh, networking is like one of the best things you can do for your personal brand. And yeah. like, I have to, I have to flog that because that's my thing. I love it. Yeah. Uh, but you just have to keep showing up. Your face is the best logo that you will ever have. It's the logo that will take you through your whole life. Yeah. You have to get it out there, whether it's online or if it's in person. If people just aren't recognizing your face, they're not seeing your face regularly. It's not showing up and it's not showing up in the right place. Yeah, because I, yeah, well, I, I know, um, you know, because obviously I know you through um, my time in international education, you get invited to all the best events and all the things that are important within the industry because, yeah. like you said, you're Daniel from Mate and Oz. What does Mate and Oz do? Oh, they're international student support. A lot of our members, a lot of our students, a lot of the people we work with work with Daniel. So all of a sudden you're getting in the room because of that as well. And it has oh, yeah. built it up. You are the international student support guy. I am the guy. See, I, and, that, and that's the thing is that, look, I think over the years, I, I wanted to be the guy. Then I was almost the guy. Then I became the guy, right? And, and, and my thing is that it's never, my client is not the school. No. It's the student, right? The school is it, it's the opposite the school is the end user because the school gets the benefit from the the client being happy yeah so i have to make sure the students are happy and then the school is happy right i can't make the school happy and then the students yeah no 100 percent. yeah so before we wrap up, though, Daniel, what was it that you came over here to study in the first place? What was the the big goal? Because Mate and Oz wasn't obviously what you came over here thinking you were going to do. In fact, no. it was something you probably knew even was a possibility at that point. I never thought about it because the what I was going to find was not reality, and that's when the dream, the the idea started to brew, right? Because I went to Notre Dame university thinking there is it's an american uni so there's a culture of, of of sport and and all this great stuff that i'd watched in in the movies right so i'm thinking i'm very athletic i can do all this stuff i'm probably going to be the guy wearing the, you know the notre dame hoodie or jacket and the, you know and the girls in the hallways are going to be checking me out when i do that i got here <laughs> And Notre Dame Uni was right in, 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 in the heart of Fremantle. The first thing I asked them is that, where's the, where's the oval? Like, where's the, where's, where's the sports stadium? They're like, ah, uh, you just go onto the Esplanade there and play a bit of soccer or sport with your friends. There's no, they didn't even have teams for anything. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? It was insane, right? I what, what I thought Australia was and what I found was totally different. So, yeah. and it happens ninety percent of the time, right? But what Which, were you coming to study? Buyer's remorse. Now, I was coming to study a bachelor of commerce. Yep. Majoring in marketing and 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 uh, finance, but and that was simply because. I, growing up, my dad, before he got into his own business and doing all that stuff, he was a marketing manager for 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 uh, a car company. So I was like, "Whoa!" What I I was like, I love my dad's job because he had to he got to do all these cool things. He was always driving the the latest cars from the dealership and doing all that stuff, right? So I was like, I love it, but I want to be the marketing manager for BMW. Because I, as a kid, I, B, I was in love with BMWs, right? Yeah. So I was, what would that be like if I was marketing manager for them? I get to drive all the the, the, the new BMWs. <laughs> That's all I was thinking about. I wasn't even thinking about the money. I was, I was going through a car magazine and saying, oh, if I was working then now, I'd be driving this one. <laughs> right? So that's what I came to do. So I came in here thinking, yeah, I'm going to do that. And uh, I started studying that. I finished that. Never worked in marketing a day in my life. I ended up working in procurement yep. for the government. And then it just took off from there. So I, I found I didn't know procurement existed as a profession until I, I, I started in sales for, for Telstra. And then from there, met somebody from the government who offered me a position in the government. So I moved to the government. And then, yeah, procurement was my journey from that point on. Worked for HBF, worked for Serco, worked for Siemens, went overseas and worked in procurement and, um, you know, came back, you know, did procurement for the city of Sterling and Walga and all these places as a consultant. So it was it was awesome, but it wasn't hitting my spot. Yeah, it wasn't making a difference. And, yeah, that's, that's what you do. Yeah, as an individual, so... Right now, I'm I'm the happiest I've ever been. Even you know, even past all the challenges of COVID and all the all the whatever we've had to go through, uh, you know, in our outrageous journey, I've been pretty daring. Even in mate in Oz, trying to do things and 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 get stuff done, or you know, it like jumpstart the the student support industry on certain things like sport and all the rest of the stuff. So, you know, but being the first guy that goes over the hill, you know, you get hit with the arrows. Oh, you certainly do. And I know that you've had um, plenty of ups, ups and downs um, in your journey with me and Oz. And it's not yeah. it's not easy starting a business, um, especially no, one where your end user, well, your your client doesn't pay. <laughs> you know, that's oh, not the point of it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That causes a lot of stress. Right? <laughs> and I've had those moments where, you know they're not paying or for them right they're they're invoicing at the end of the month they don't know that you're waiting for that invoice from the day that you sent the the invoice in and then if it's a monthly thing they you ring them up the day after you're like yo what happened they're like oh sorry we missed your invoice we'll pay it in the next run which is the next month they're like oh man what are you saying <laughs> you're like yeah. super noodles again this week yeah. Now, as a new business, 
you're thinking if I kick up a fuss here, these guys aren't going to want to deal with me. Yeah. But then I learned that you have to do that. You just yeah. have to not kick up a fuss, but you just have to make it clear that your business can't survive with that level of, because it's not fair for a small company like mine to bankroll their business. Yeah. How oh. fair is it? It's like, I need, I need, and especially because all the money that we make, we pour back into support for the students. So it's, it's very hard. And know that Bentley outside is not mine. Or the BMW, but oh, dude, that's not mine either. If you stand next to it long enough, people might think it is. Yeah, that's it. Was. Well, it just shows you that the the goals can change. The dream can definitely change. You know, you came wow. over here thinking that driving around in a BMW was what you wanted to do, and instead, you've you've created um, you've created something which makes everyone's life much easier over here when they first step into the country, which I think is amazing. I've seen firsthand some of the great stuff that Daniel and his team do. So everyone who's listening and watching, please do check out Mate and Oz. Check out how you can actually support it. If you're an international student and you need the support or the help, or you're a past international student and you want to give back, do get involved with Mate and Oz because they do need them, your support. And we need the international students here because I can't... I, I just can't tell you how rich a community they are. Not maybe cash rich, but they are such a rich community with their with their culture, with their enthusiasm, with their their knowledge and their experiences. Like they are a fantastic um, bunch. Of all the ones I've come across anyway, and I've come across ones from every side of the the planet. So, Daniel, how can everyone who's watching or listening, how can they get in touch with you? Well, they can uh, jump on our website, www.mateinoz, M-A-T-E-I-N-O-Z.com. My, my contact details are there. It's info at mateinoz.com and the phone number that's there. Or they can catch us on, on, on Facebook, Instagram, and that's just mateinoz, one word. Um, yeah, it's, that's pretty much it. They can download our app from the App Store or Play Store. If you're a student, just download the app and you can access all the services, all the free services. Um, and then there's there's some paid services if you need them. But, you know, Excellent. yeah, the app's available for pretty much everyone to do. We're also doing student loans now at the moment. So that's a, that's a new kettle of fish. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, <laughs> it is. But it's fun. You know, we're, we're, we're helping everybody that we can. Our, our goal is to make a student's life easier by giving them the information and the resources they need, how they they need to receive it. Knowledge is key. It always, always is. So I really appreciate everything that you do, Daniel. And I know that all of the students that come through me absolutely appreciate what you do as well. So keep it up. And thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. Because as always, having a chat with Daniel is never short and sweet. He's full of lots of stories. Yeah, check much. him out, check Mate and Oz out, find him on LinkedIn and also give a plug to your uh, podcast as well. Oh yeah, our podcast is Voice. It's uh, called Voice of the International Community Experience. So I'm actually on there. It, it It's a lot of banter that goes on there, but I'm on there with a with a, uh, a counsellor. Yep. Uh, he's one of our counsellors as well. So he's uh, an independent contractor that we get in to counsel some of the students. And uh, so we have conflicting ideas, 
over on on a topic and we just go back and forth and 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 educate each other so there's yep. a lot of growth that comes out of it but also a lot of banter it's it's just a fun time for an hour or so i love that i love um when you can have some healthy debate that actually stimulates some conversation and gets everyone thinking because there's never really just one right answer is there there there's never one right answer but also i mean i've found that a lot of people since i've been here is that if you oppose their point of view, they feel like you're attacking them. So for me, it's an a bit, it's 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 a way of expressing myself. And then if I'm wrong, I'm happy to change. At the end of the podcast, I'm like, yeah, you were right. Let's keep it. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Daniel. And um, another last plug for Mate and Oz. And thanks everyone for listening along. Yeah, cheers. Catch you on the flip side. Thanks so much for listening to Personal Branding Exposed. If you enjoyed this episode or any of the others, then please listen to some more, but also share it with your friends and leave a review. I'm a pretty new podcast, so that means quite a lot for me, and I really appreciate your kind words. Social media, if you have any feedback or you just want to just want to chat really send me a message i'm normally found on instagram or linkedin they're where i like to hang out but i do have facebook if that's your thing and also on the website you can get my details there and you can get in touch thank you so much for getting this far if you want a little bit more though these episodes actually go out live every tuesday at 8 p.m western standard time here in western australia at 8 p.m which if you're in canada or america that'll be first thing in the morning for you so you can uh, listen over your morning coffee and if you're in the uk it'll be over your lunch break I speak to these amazing people every single Tuesday and they just expose their personal brands to us. They tell us what makes them tick, what motivates them. We hear their stories of where they've come from and where they are now and how they got there. There's loads you can take from this, lots of uh, motivation and inspiration. Like These people are awesome and they really niche down. They know what it is that they're doing, so there's so much to take away from them. I have got this amazing lineup of people coming up, so make sure it's in your diary, 8pm Western Standard Time and the podcast drops every Wednesday. Till next time.